Welcome to Basketball Buzz, the show that combines three great things, Kentucky basketball, college basketball, and bourbon. I'm one of your three hosts, Arizona Terry. With me are Shane Michael. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Oh, we doing good, Terry. We, we got a W tonight, so we all doing good. We're all drinking. We're all doing good. It's going to be a fantastic episode. Yeah, I've had a great day. I played uh, I played some pickup today, and I actually didn't suck for the first time in a couple of weeks. So, and we got the W. So that's that's it's a good day. Shane, do you have any eligibility left? <laughs> you don't want me on your team, man. He's <laughs> like an eighth year senior at UC yeah. Irvine. Let me just say, CJ Frederick is Kawhi Leonard compared to me. <laughs> Shane, you're you're the Perry Ellis of Orange County. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Speaking, speaking hey. of which, speaking of which, uh, I was looking at, I, I was talking to somebody, I think I was talking to, I forget who, but we're talking about like Kansas players having unlimited eligibility. Mitch Lightfoot has played at Kansas for six years, like six no. or seven years. We were like, wow. What does Bill Self promise them? Because they don't want to leave, man. Is it like Lawrence? Is Lawrence like amazing? He's 401k retirement. <laughs> 401k. <laughs> that's hilarious all right guys we got a great show tonight we got a great guest on michael beard's on the show michael how you doing man i'm doing great i'm doing great guys it's been wonderful to uh you know look forward to this shay reached out to me um a little while ago not a little while ago like as in like a couple hours ago but like several days ago actually over a week in advance so uh, i've been looking forward to this and um Got to watch the Cats win, like you guys said, and, you know, all is gravy. Let's do this. <laughs> hey, I'm glad you're on the show. Can you tell us a little about your fandom? Like, I've known you on Twitter for many, many years, and yeah. you're definitely involved with recruiting. you got some good knowledge. Tell us about, you know, your background. I'm assuming you're from Kentucky, like most of us are. Just give us some uh, info on yourself. Yeah, so um, I became a fan, you know, as a kid. My my dad was a really, really big UK fan. Um, I wouldn't say to the standards that I am now, but, um, you know, he took me to my first game back in 2001, um, back when uh, Keith Bogans uh, was, you know, the up-and-coming guy. He was young, and um, Gerald Fitch, Cliff Hawkins, and all those guys, and um, – you know, I, I fell in love with it, and it's just, I guess, especially once uh, Calipari took the reins back in 2009, 2010, um, I would have been in, like, ninth, tenth grade. It really started taking off for me. I started, you know, getting into these recruiting sites, and um, the, the fandom started getting a little bit deeper, and, you know, I, I just really enjoy this stuff. I, the whole Twitter community, uh, falling in love with Twitter, you know, meet, meeting the whole BBN community and um you know a lot of people you know you, you blend well with and then you know some some BBNs absolutely freaking crazy so you know um but uh yeah that that's really how my fandom started um but you know Kentucky basketball there's nothing like it absolutely nothing like it where hey, where man, brother where are you from what what county and what region do you play in I, I'm from Campbellsville, so um, from Taylor from Taylor County. Um, I went I went to Campbellsville High School. 
um, played ball there and um, mainly played football. Football was my best sport. I had like three offers for football, but I had, I was so injury prone that I, I didn't really see any sense in playing because number one, I wasn't going to be playing pro. And number two, it was, you know, I, I had a full ride for an academic scholarship. So I ended up taking that, which ended up paying off better for me, um, you know, now. So nice. Yeah. Michael, I, I spent a week in Campbellsville one night. Uh, what, what time zone were you in when you were there? Because that, that always seemed like an issue. What time zone uh, here in Campbellsville? Yeah. It's Eastern. All right. Yeah. Eastern. It's 930 here. 938. Yeah, that's, that's a big issue for us because I think Michael's in, in Denver. So he's in mountain time. I'm in California, which is Pacific time. Terry, I don't even know. What are the other Arizona time with John? Actually, with yeah. Michael. Michael yeah. and I are aligned for once. But, Giddy up, but, up. but come, uh, come the UCLA game, we're all going to be in Eastern Standard Time. We're That's all going right. to be in the same time zone. So I'm looking That's forward right. to that. Yeah. I can't wait. Well, guys we got some good topics. Obviously, let's talk about that loss to Michigan State, even though mm-hmm. we don't might not want to talk about yeah. it. we got to talk about it. Tonight's win, which was pretty, pretty, pretty fun, and Gonzaga coming up on Sunday. And then just talk about college hoops. Anything you want to talk about? And obviously recruiting uh, the DJ Wagner commitment and what it means to Kentucky and Cal's roster coming up. So, but first, <laughs> we got to talk about bourbon. Boys, and we always do our little bourbon reviews, and we each do a review of a, a, a typical bourbon. Uh, we give a barrel rating for each one, and it's on a one to five scale. We can use half barrel ratings as well, or we can do 4.6 like Sack did last time. <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever works. F the rules. <laughs> yeah, whatever, man. That. I'm just glad he was on the show and he likes yeah. bourbon. So good, good job, my man. You know, you know what? Why don't you go first, Shay? Do you feel like you're going to go first? You could. Well, I, I think we should let our guests go first. All right, that would be only polite. Yeah. Yeah, I am drinking. A, uh, right now, I'm drinking Angels Envy. Um, oh, it's one of nice. my. It's one of my favorite. You know, go to uh, just casual bourbons. Uh, uh, I'm not, I don't drink bourbon like very vigorously um, or I'm not as passionate about bourbon as you guys. Um, I once upon a time was, but um, not, not, not currently, but Angel's Envy is always one that, you know, I, I can always hang my hat on. Um, I would give it a solid three. Okay. Um, a solid three for me is, is what I would, would give Angel's Envy. It's just, you know, it's not, not too, not too strong. You don't have to dilute it and um, put all kinds of ice in it. Or, I mean, if you want to mix Coke with it, you can. But I kind of enjo- just enjoy the taste of it by itself. Pour it neat and drink it Michael, out of one of these little glasses here. Do, do you mix? Do you mix a lot of bourbon with Coke? Because um, I, I know some people like really look down on others that do that. Um, shame on you if you look down on others for drinking bourbon in any form ever, period. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I do that. Like, I, I mix it up with Coke. What, what, what's your go-to? Even though you're drinking Angel's Envy tonight, yeah. what's your go-to? 
Coke. Coke is uh, Coke is my go-to. Uh, Coke is it. You know, I, w- I would I would never hash any kind of slander upon somebody for mixing bourbon with Coke because number one, it's delicious and you can just you know sit there and enjoy it and yeah, get drunk drunk off your ass. So hell yeah. <laughs> and he said it. He said bourbon is delicious, right? It, bourbon, bourbon is, bourbon is delicious. delicious. It is. Yeah. And now Angel's Envy, it's aged in port wine barrels. Am I on the right track here? Mm-hmm. Yes, port. It, it has. Port it has wine a barrels. huge. Yep, it has a huge following. Like people love that bourbon because it has a great, great flavor. And I think Michael, you might have reviewed this previously. I, I did. Uh, I love Angel's Envy, and at least in Denver, it's not the easiest to find. Like you can find. It. I, I won't say that it's scarce, but it's not always the easiest to find. The price point for some people may be a bit high, but um, I love it. It's it's a staple in my home bar. Um, I love it. I sip it. I normally sip it on the rocks. Uh, but there are so many great bourbons out there, and I would certainly put Angel's Envy um, uh, among the top of a short list of great bourbons. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. I'll take it from here, I guess. Um, uh, tonight I'm drinking and have been drinking since the game was right before this is the 1792 uh, by Barton's small batch straight bourbon. So remember, I have gone through the entire Kirkland uh, combo, Kirkland uh, uh, collaboration with Barton's. Uh, we did the small batch with Kirkland. We did the bottle and bond. We did the single barrel, which I still have like three or four bottles of downstairs. This is just the 1792 by itself, straight from Barton's. And let me tell you a little bit about it. So it is from, um, again, Barton 1792 from Bardstown, uh, which is owned by Sazerac Company. So you've probably seen Sazerac here and there. It's about 94 proof, aged at least two years. And MSRP, I think I paid about $21 for a 750 ml, which is a steal. Which is great, which is maybe a reason I might give this a little bit more of a barrel rating than, than I usually do. But um, it's bold. It's very spicy. has a high rye content. Uh, great value, like I said, 750 ml for, um, again, this type of bourbon. It's bold, but at the same time, not particularly complex. So it, you really just get a very traditional bourbon flavor. You get vanilla. You get, you know, spice. Um, it's full-bodied. It's not light. Um, it's not offending. Um, one difference that I have from this compared to the Kirkland small batch is that it doesn't have those plantain flavors that I really, really liked, surprisingly. Um, so if you if, if those are some things that you don't like, this you will love. It's an easy bourbon to sip. It's an easy bourbon to mix. It's very versatile. I highly recommend it. I'm going to give it a three out of five barrel rating because you know i probably could give it higher but i got it at a steel price so yeah. if considering the price that i got it up i might give it more but just trying to be objective about the taste it is a very solid bourbon it's going to be better than your bullets or in my your you know run-of-the-mill maker mark that you get um uh-oh uh-oh uh, 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 th- them's fighting words. There ain't no it, run of the mill yeah, makers. Come on, yeah, guys. just had to say it, Shay. <laughs> I'm not a makers guy, and these guys know. But um, I love this. If you can get it, I got it at Costco for twenty one dollars. I would pick up three, four, just have them around. You can't go wrong. We have this bourbon 
everywhere. Like you can always find it and I always have it because it's inexpensive. It tastes good. It gets the job done, right? Just like Maker's Mark, right? Gets the job done. And after you have two or three, doesn't really matter yeah. what you drink. Well, Maker, Maker's Mark's a little high proof for my taste, but maybe I need to try it with a with a dash of water. Maybe like maybe that might be a something droplet. That, yeah, that might change my mind about it. All right, very cool. All right, so I'm doing Elijah Craig 18. Mm. Yeah, look mm. at that. I can't see it because it's fucking stupid. All right, <laughs> but, but anyway, <laughs> that's actually Flagstaff. Oh is yeah, Flagstaff. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't think Arizona Damn. looks like that, but that's Blackstaff, yeah. boys. Nice, nice, right? All right. So I've I've had this bourbon multiple times in restaurants and bourbon bars and at company meetings where somebody else pays for it. I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> it I, I love it, and I had a sample from uh, one of our one of our uh, folks on Twitter that we're bourbon friends with, and uh, I just I love this bourbon. I really enjoy it. So it's it's from Heaven Hill. It's only a 90 proof, and I drink a lot of higher proofs, but for an 18-year age bourbon, 90 proof doesn't seem very high. Mm -hmm. That can be the issue with some people in their thoughts about this bourbon. I say ignore those things. This is a great bourbon, and there's just something about having a bourbon on your shelf that's 18 years old. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of got a coolness factor, right? Mashville, high corn, 78%, 12% malted barley. 10% rye. When you when you look at it, it has a nice mahogany color. And when every time I hear the word mahogany, what do we think that, of, Michael? That, dude, that's a good word. When I think mahogany, I think of, uh, uh, actually, I think of Morgan Stanley Wealth Management. That's what I think of. You think of Ron, you think, you think of Ron Burgundy. Think of Ron, Ron Burgundy, Ron? like I mentioned before. Well, yeah. I, have many, I have many leather-bound books in my apartment smells of rich mahogany. May, may I do the quote? Yeah, I'm dude. very, I'm very important. I'm, I'm I have many person. leather brown books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. Yes, so, mahogany is I... a that's a gorgeous color. <sighs> Props to Ron, Ron Burgundy, he he's awesome. Um, the price comes in, mm, it's a little hefty, 150 bucks. Oh shit! So you can't exactly sneak this in the grocery bill with your wife. So I'm just letting you guys know that. Don't try that. <laughs> probably won't have it in the grocery store anyways but yeah it's a commitment and you have to like come clean eventually so we'll talk about that later all right when you <laughs> when you smell this bourbon whoo man chocolate a lot of oak you should have a lot of oak it's been sitting there for 18 years in a charred oak barrel vanilla classic all right let's have a sip mm. oh that's good that oak, vanilla, brown sugar. How come you taste so good? That is so good. Man, that's good. The finish, not an astounding finish. It's a little, it's oaky, like, oaky, like a uh, wood. <laughs> like, it's not the greatest finish in the world, but I like it. I don't know. Sometimes you just got a bourbon that you really like, and you try it out. Uh, uniqueness, the only thing unique about it, it's an older age bourbon. Some people don't like it because it's not a high enough proof. They're like, oh, if I'm going to buy something that has this been aged for tw almost 20 years, I want like 100 and whatever. It's a good bourbon. Try it out. I would give it four bourbon barrels 
first of all, because it checks a lot of boxes. It's it's hard enough to find that it's kind of cool to have. And I think a lot of people will like it. So if you invite some friends over and you want to share a bottle with something that's kind of cool, this is a good option. There you go. Nice. All right. Um, I guess that leaves me. So, uh, guys, tonight I'm drinking something called Fireside, which sounds like a great bourbon, right? Um, it's actually made and distilled here in the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. Um, I, I think w when a lot of people think about bourbon, they think Kentucky, and they should. But there are so many other places across the country that distill fantastic bourbons. Colorado may not come to mind, but the Centennial State has given us Stranahan's, Breckenridge, Tin Cup. So it's actually pretty decent. Uh, Mile High Spirits is the company that distills Fireside. And this may be a, a bit kitschy. However, um, if you look at the proof here, it's 52.8%. So 52.80, Mile High City, 52.8% uh, um, alcohol by volume. So, uh, you know, we're talking 105 or so which is probably to most people's liking. The mash bill is a 70-20-10, uh, 70 corn. 20 is actually the rye. So, Terry, I know you're a rye fan. You probably would absolutely love this. It, it actually is pretty delicious, I, I, I got to say. The tasting notes, uh, probably going to be similar to what you normally taste with most rye whiskeys. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, um, I'm tasting... The normal vanilla and caramel that I like, but there's more to it than that. I, I can't say it's complex because um, I also taste like uh, bubble gum because there's a there's a sweetness to it. And that's a little different than I'm used to. Um, there's also uh, like the, the, the normal leather associated with some of the bourbons that are distilled for a longer period of time. This is probably only four years, so I'm not sure how they get that. But there's also some, uh, maybe some plum, some citrus. It actually has a longer finish on the palate. And the great thing about Fireside is the finish ends up with um, a little sweetness and a little honey, which is what I like. There's some ground pepper, but I love the honey. Um, I paid $21 for this because... Nobody knows what this is, and it probably hasn't hit the national scene yet, but because it does taste delicious and it doesn't cost much, I'm apt to give this a four bourbon barrel rating. Wow. That's amazing. Nice. 21 bucks. It's from Colorado. Colorado's got a blossoming whiskey scene. I love Colorado. I do too. And they like to drink and party there. Like they're, they're down. I, mean, with I, I love to off-road drive. And if there's one place that that's a place to do it, it's all Colorado. Like just be outdoors. I, I mean, go. my dogs, my dogs would love it. If I moved to Colorado, <laughs> they'd be like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> Absolutely. It's pretty cool about the Centennial state, you know, becoming like a whiskey place. Yeah. It's, a, I mean, it's always been a beer place. Yeah. It, it, craft beer is like, king here and it probably always will be 
And uh, obviously, we're known in part for our marijuana production. What was that? And, uh, Mar- uh, Mar- marijuana? Can, can I say that? Yeah. Can, yes, of yeah. course you can. Um, so uh, the, the marijuana production here is absolutely amazing. Like, it probably is only second to uh, Shea to, to Cali. Um, there's so many good things here. Um, I, I would say that the fireside that I'm, I'm sipping on tonight, and I'm sipping with um, a singular, large, uh, probably basketball size um, piece of ice, which is typically what I do anyway. Um, if you wanted to sip fireside and do like a call out of gummy, you are living life in a <laughs> fucking amazing way. Cheers to that. <laughs> Dude, that's outstanding. That sounds like a Friday night date right there, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's switch gears. Let's talk about hoops. Let's talk about the Michigan State game. Who wants to go first? I I gotta I gotta talk to let Michael go first. I mean, he's our guest, and he's probably the the one that knows ball most of, most of the the people here. So. <laughs> Do it, Mike. Do your thing, man. <laughs> Oh man. Um are you happy? Are you disappointed? What would you like to see differently if Cal could do um, a do-over? To be honest, I'm not disappointed. Um I, I I'm I'm kind of okay. I, normally after a an early season, you know, Champions Classic game where we lose, um, you know, our record the last six years 1 and 5, everybody within BBN knows that. But hate to beat beat a dead drum like that but um i i think we're gonna be okay anytime you throw in two guys as in oscar shibwe and damian collins who have not been a part of the team since the honestly the beginning of the regular season you know these guys have kind of you know they've got this chemistry going together so even if it's the player of the year Um, even if it's, you know, this high flying athlete that, um, that can be a possible game changer for you, especially on the defensive end, like it's going to throw some wrinkles in there. These guys, um, you know, they've got to mesh, they've got to, uh, get, get some minutes with each other. I think, um, I was listening to the pregame show today before the, uh, South Carolina state game and, they said that Oscar and Damian only had one um, five-on-five scrimmage with the team together before the game started. So, you, you know, you, you've got all these guys trying to figure out, you know, um, should, should I shoot this? Um, should I pass it to the open guy? Should I feed it to Oscar? You know, what, what, what do I need to do? So it comes down to, you know, Yes, it is disappointing. Yes, it is disappointing, but but Michigan State. Let's talk about Michigan State for a second because we're we're throwing Kentucky as a team uh, and as a fan base under the bus because that's our team and that's what we do. We're passionate about our team, right? That's what we do. But Michigan State is they're a tough ass team, especially defensively. They, they made CJ Frederick and Antonio Reeves uncomfortable the whole night. Antonio Reeves was uncomfortable from the get go. He has, he has never played in a, in a big game like this in his life. Uh, Coming from Illinois state, 
Um, you, you know, the the stage is bright for that dude. The stage is really bright. I, I, I think that is the reason why he didn't see that many minutes. But I don't think I don't think that Cal's going to hold him back from this point going forward because he knows that, you know, he's got to play through that. He's got to play through these nerves. He's got to play. He's got to get comfortable within himself. And Antonio Reeves is a fucking bucket getter. Dude, yeah. He, he he is a fucking yeah. bucket getter, and he he might be Absolutely. the best bucket getter we have on our team. He's a he's a shot creator. Uh, I would love to see some floppy action ran with Antonio Reeves. Shout out to uh, not Chen Coleman on Twitter because he gave me that idea, and I did not see that, but he he kind of brought that to my attention. But I would love to see that with Antonio Reeves. Uh, the guy is the guy's a, a special offensive player. Yes, he's got some work to do defensively, but um, we, we've got to have at the end of the day, we've got to have that guy on the floor, especially at the end of games. Whenever we need a bucket, whenever everybody's kind of looking around, Severe Wheeler's got the ball in his hands. You know, they're they're sinking back on him because they're daring to take a three point shot. Yes, he shot two for six from the three point line, but those. Let's be honest; those three pointers were wide open. Yeah, both of the both of those three pointers he made were wide open, and, and he'll be a wide open all year. He'll be wide open all year. So you you don't really know what what percentage three point shooter he really is. But I don't want at the end of the day, I don't want the rear wheeler throwing throwing up three point shots, uh, especially when whenever we've got CJ Frederick and Antonio Reeves. And Oscar Sheway and even Jacob Toppin for that matter. You know, Jacob Toppin, we we seen what he's made of over in the Bahamas. Granted, it wasn't very big competition, and very much, you know, uh, it's hard to really tell what kind of um, what kind of defenses and and things like that they were throwing at, and how difficult that that possibly was, but. That guy was phenomenal in the Bahamas up until that last game. And then Antonio Reeves stayed there at there in the last game and uh we came back and won. But um overall, um sorry that I'm r- rambling, but no, not at I, all. I I, I think not I, I'm not disappointed at all. Um I think that this team I hate, you know, <laughs> it sounds repetitive. I, I like it as a learning experience for this team because Overall, they're a veteran team, but yet, but they haven't. They don't have a lot of minutes together. They don't have a lot of uh, chemistry together. So, you know, understanding how they need to play and when when they need to turn it on and how they need to play, I, I think this was a good experience for our team. Um, I'm, Severe doesn't deserve half the criticism that he's he's gotten for that game because he played phenomenal that game. He was put in a lot of bad situations in the end, and it and it forced him to throw up some shots that he probably that he probably shouldn't have shot. But you know, a lot of them were toward the end of a shot clock, and a lot a lot of them were um, nobody looked like they was wanting the ball. So somebody's got to make a play. He just thought so, I'm going to make yeah. a play. Right. Severe's yeah, been going to make Severe's a play. Been, Severe's been great this season. I'll be honest. Like you know, yeah. all of our all of our narratives. Are in the toilet. Scott Clark's narratives are doing well right now. Shout out to Scott Clark's <laughs> narratives are doing re- real nice right now. I got to give it to him. We've been mean to him, who? but you know, 
I don't know, but, <laughs> but, uh, I will say that like, I, I will agree that like, I'm not, I think the more anger is that fact that the game was basically won three times and we lost yes. rather oh than, rather than us losing, if that makes sense, makes, because, yeah. yeah, because the game was won multiple times. It was won like after the half court, uh, after uh, halftime, it was won. At the end of the first first at the end of regulation, it was one at the end of the first overtime. And then the second overtime, we don't have our best player. We're on a lot of foul trouble. Of course we're gonna lose. So it's like that's the more frustration, but I'm very encouraged what I saw from, from Kentucky. If I can be encouraged at all, like in the sense that like if I'm forgetting about the fact that we lost, I saw a team in the first half that played amazing defense. Mm-hmm. I saw Severe Wheeler who played out of his mind, I thought he was very solid the whole game. He hit shots. He 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 put pressure uh, on their shot blockers on on Maddie Sissoko to take it to the rim. Um, I saw Casey Wallace who's still developing and had some struggles, but is going to be okay in the mm-hmm. long term. And I saw a team that went far, considering they didn't hit a lot of three point shots. I mean, if we had hit even half the three point shots that we did, um, we would have been this game would have been a win. Um, and that's another reason why I love Cal letting Reeves let it fly in this game. Cause mm-hmm. game today, like South Carolina state, that's the game that we want to let Reeves shoot as much as he can just get comfortable shooting the ball in the game. And hopefully it will fall later. So I'm super encouraged. Oscar played out of amazing and limited minutes. I think even if, I think if, if down the season, like if Lance Ward didn't start and play like 10 minutes earlier in the game, Oscar played the whole game. I think even then that's a win. So it's like so many reasons why we could have easily had a win and we basically gift wrapped yeah. it to them. And it's not like Michigan state is a bad team. They're a no. uh, Izzo coach team. They're have one of the yeah. best coaches in college basketball. I just wish. And, and the last thing I'm going to say is like the way that you bring up floppy action. That's, that's a great point because Kentucky loves that action and they've used it for years upon years upon years. And when they've the best, the best times they've used it is when they had a scorer like Malik Funk, a three-level scorer that can use it, and a big man like Bam Adebayo or like Oscar Shibway. And so I think Reeves, like you said, is amazing, going to be amazing in that floppy action, better than C.J. Frederick would be, considering C.J. Yeah. Frederick is not as fast as Reeves will be. I want to see Reeves be able to use that more. He's a great uh, pick-and-roll distributor and a mid-range shooter. He's a key to our future. I want to see more action with him being able to do that. I want to see more shots for him. Um, and I want to see more off-ball movement with that floppy action. Because sometimes I feel like with Cal, he runs that yes. action and then into the diamond. And then everybody away from the ball just kind of stands and watches. There's no reason for that, in my opinion. And I think other coaches have figured that out. But the media and us, we haven't figured that out yet. And if he does that, if he gets a counter to that, I think we're our team is just got exponentially better. Shay, I, I, I could, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. So, uh, props to Malik Hall and Jared Hauser, like Joey Hauser, I, they they hit the shots, they did the things that they're supposed to do, but as we look at it from the Kentucky side, and I, I saw this stat on Twitter. I would like to be able to to uh, say that I saw it at a certain place and give credit, but I can't do that. 
probably because I've had too much fireside. But nevertheless, um, if you look at top 10 teams that go into overtime, if you fouled out one of your top three players, your probability of winning is less than 40%. Let's not underscore that. Like, that's actually kind of a big deal. So Oscar goes 22 and 18, but he does foul out. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think he played better tonight against teams that he probably didn't have to play as good a defense against. But Oscar fouling out was kind of a big deal. But if we go back and we look at the stats against Michigan State, like, let's be honest, we, we didn't shoot well. We were 38.6% uh, no. 38, 38 from the floor, 7 for 25 from three-point range. That's 28%. We also didn't shoot three, uh, uh, free throws very well, and uh, that drives me so crazy. It drives me crazy. That's uh, the ball six, game right there. It, it is. It is. 16 out of 24. And, I, I, Shay, you mentioned it, like, two or three other times during this game at the end of regulation, at the end of, of the first overtime, like we had the ability to win the game. I can't tell you how many times we were up by four or five points and we couldn't close the deal. Nevertheless, if I'm looking at this, I'm looking at like, you know, Casey Wallace, who actually had a fantastic game, 14, five, five, and eight deals. Kentucky's been playing basketball since 1903. That's the <laughs> most steals in a game ever. And he did this in his, what, third game? I mean, th this is actually like a big deal. Um, I, I, uh, Michael Beard, I'm on board with you. Like, I saw so many great things here that I take away, and I'm like, Kentucky's going to be just fine. It sucks that we took an L, but – I think Michigan State probably was underrated. Uh, the, the fact that they played Gonzaga as close as they did, I think evidence is that. But yes. if, if you're a Kentucky fan and you look at the stats, I think you kind of have to like what you've seen. And um, Wheeler, 16 points, eight assists. He did have three turnovers. Tonight, against inferior competition, 10 assists, no turnovers. That's what we want from our point guards. I I look at this, and I'm like, okay, so we took an L. But overall, I think we grew as a team. I would kill for another ch chance to play Michigan State. Uh, Joey Brackett, Joey Lenardi, um, had, I think, his last uh, bracketology. Kentucky was the overall number one, but in Kentucky's region, the, the uh, second round game was against Michigan State. So he had Michigan State as an eight seed. Bring it. Oh, yeah. I, I call, don't know about that. No, I call BS on that. There's yeah. No yeah. way, no chance that Michigan State is an eight seed. They're probably at worst a five seed, maybe a five. four seed. Um, so I, I think we saw a lot of good things from that Michigan State game, but it always hurts to lose it always hurts to lose in multiple yes. overtimes and it always hurts to lose in a champions classic because i feel like we don't we're not adequately um i, I shouldn't say adequately prepared because that's a knock on cal and i don't want to do that but, but are but are we at are we prepared for those games 
So we usually see that Champions Classic as one of the first games of the season. So having it as the third game of the season, I think, helped. But uh, going back to Michael Beard's point, I think what you saw was a Kentucky team that didn't have the five starters playing minutes together in an experienced fashion. So we kind of took a backseat to that. But yeah, like I, I, I'm, I'm all about it. Like Wrangell and Michigan State in the tournament because we're not going to lose a second time. Uh, yeah, I'm not worried about that. And before Terry, you go, I just want to say like I, I talk about we talk about a lot like how much do these regular season wins or losses mean? And last season, it kind of showed that it really didn't mean much at all because, of course, our Kentucky team was so great in the regular season, lost to, unfortunately, they who we – Peacocks we do not speak of. And then I always talk about North Carolina. <laughs> like, North Carolina in November lost to Purdue by ten, almost nine points. They lost to Tennessee by 17. They lost to us by God knows how much, almost 20 points. 90, it was not, we, we were at that game, 98-69. Then they lost to Notre Dame, a team that we, we lost to on the road. They lost to them as well. So it's like, how much do these games really matter? The lessons probably matter more. The lessons like Cason Wallace hitting free throws, which he missed two crucial free throws, and Oscar Shibway not celebrating when he should not have been celebrating. Yes. So I'll leave yeah. it there and let you go. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you guys have covered everything. I think it came down to, for Michigan State to beat us, we had to shoot shitty, and they had to shoot pretty well. And Hauser was a difference. Like, he hit four out of seven threes. Yep. Even Sissoko, their big, who was a 46% free throw shooter last year, was six of eight. Like, everything lines up for them to win. But we didn't let him dominate us. We didn't. Which is part of the game plan. And I thought if, as long as we, like, that was a game plan, we would win. But, I mean, I guess we almost won with that game plan. But it's unfortunate because we had, we basically had won that game three times. And so this is probably a better, I hate to say it's a great loss because that's not the case. But it's better than a win. Because now I think the team's woken up. Like, hey, you cannot let your foot off their neck. You have to push every moment because anything can happen at the end. Remember last, gets, yeah, yeah, last year we kicked Kansas ass and North Carolina's ass, and we're like, oh, it's a given. We're going to the final yeah, four. No, yeah. I'd, ra- I'd rather yeah. struggle and get your, your shit straight early on and be, like, motivated than to yeah. go through last year again. I don't want that again. No. Amen. No. no. Matt A. Sissoko, I, I keep up with the national media also a lot, like, uh, especially, like, uh, the Field of 68 podcast and yeah. the uh, I, I yeah. of I on College Basketball podcast with uh, Gary Parrish. Shout out to the last episode with That's Matt a... Sack. I heard you talking about it. Um, yeah. But um, Matty Sissoko was one of the biggest question marks going, going into this year for Michigan State, whether he would be a big enough presence for them down low and whether he would emerge and improve enough for Michigan State to be um a, a good enough team to finish in the top top five in the big ten. That answer is yes. That answer is yes. Three games into their season. Uh they they very well could have uh beaten Gonzaga. He dominated Drew Timmy 
down low. Their their toughness as a as a whole defense is a mirror image of him. He he is great on defense. His motor is great. He's gotten a lot better, especially you know in free throws. Um, if you can make your free throws at the end of a game, uh, whenever it matters, and you're a big dominant presence and you're a big dude down low, that matters. That and if if you can leap and they they can just throw it to you at the rim, that matters. So I I think that was a big thing about the reason why I bring up Matt A. Sissoko. I don't think that he was probably scouted enough on the scouting report to know what he was capable of and know that he had improved that much. Even even though he did do really well against Gonzaga, um, that that's a really small sample size. Now these other teams know what this guy's capable of, and I suspect him to uh, be a probably second team Big Ten All American. If I'm being perfectly honest, that dude has gotten a lot better. A lot of potential. He's improved dramatically. Definitely. Yes. All right, folks, let's talk about tonight's win over South Carolina State. Like, it's pretty much your classic beatdown. I don't take a lot from it. Uh, it was nice to see Reeves get going again. I think that was my big take from it. What's your guys' thoughts? My thought is Brittany Canada is so fucking amazing. I wish he would get more minutes. Cal, play more minutes. Oh, Canada. You mean that? Oh, oh, Canada. You you were great value Matt Sack is what I'm calling him because somebody on Twitter said, oh, don't you think Brandon Canada looks like Matt Sack? And I was like, absolutely not, but okay. Matt Matt Sack is his own dude. Didn't see him on TV tonight. Was Matt Sack in the gym tonight? He was was in the gym. Yeah. Okay. I I, I didn't see him. I I didn't see him at all. Uh, So, uh, Cats have... Uh, four play, five players in double figures, uh, forty point favorite. It's really hard to cover the spread when you're minus forty. I didn't think Kentucky would do that. Kentucky did that, putting up one hundred and six points. Like I think that's kind of a statement. Uh, Kentucky struggled through the first probably two, maybe even three um, uh, TV timeouts, but. They got it going on, and let's be honest, South Carolina State, they're not good. This was always going to be a blowout, but I think it was a blowout at the right time. At coming, coming across that loss against Michigan State, if, if I'm a player, I'm thinking, I need to know that I'm still good. I need to know that the things that I'm doing is still working, and everything did tonight. Kentucky deed up. Giving up 63 points was really amazing. I'm looking forward to seeing um, where that moves them in the Ken Palm ratings. Um, putting up 106 is – look, that that really surprised my um, myself. I, I have no idea how they got 106 points. But uh, seeing CJ hit shots, seeing uh, Reeves hit some shots, that was good. Uh, Wheeler, 10 assists. No turnovers. Let me say that again. Ten assists, no turnovers. I don't want to hear that we played against inferior competition. Anytime that you go 10 and zero, that's a big, big deal. So I thought Kentucky made a huge stride tonight. And I think they played at times 
kind of angry, which I wanted to see from them. Uh, Lance Ware played some angry basketball. Antonio Reeves played some angry basketball. I want to know that you can lose a game that you should have won, and how, how do you come back? You come back playing pissed off. Yes. And Kentucky, Kentucky did those things. They checked the boxes. So I don't look at the score as much as just the fact that I feel like they did the things that they needed to do to get ready again for Gonzaga, and that's going to be the matchup of the season. I am so looking forward to Sunday. Mm. I don't know. I just got a feeling. I just got a feeling. I'm, I'm worried, but I'll say about this, the night game tonight, it was a tune-up game. They did what they needed to do in the tune-up game. I was kind of concerned about certain defensive lapses, I guess, from Cason Wallace, but I think it's a learning experience. I love to see that Reeves, it was kind of a game where Cal said, just let him fly, just keep shooting. You're going to get in a rhythm. And you know what? He missed his like, first three or four, and then he got, he got in the groove. Um, I saw Toppin play a lot of really good minutes in that almost like – just classical top and roll where I'm going to get the rebound. I'm going to take high percentage shots. He gave up some threes because he was like, uh, that's not the player that I'm not trying to be the player. They want me to be at the next level. I'm trying to be the player that I am now. And so I thought that was a smart move by him. Um, I know there was some discussion back and forth about that with the other people on Twitter. Lance gave some great, great minutes. And I think more keenly, another point that I want to make, which I got to give credit to credit to John Farine, uh, uh, you know, big friend of the show is that we didn't rely on Oscar as much as we did no. in Michigan State. Yeah, no. the best Kentucky team doesn't rely on Oscar. Oscar had six point seven rebounds. I don't know how many minutes he barely played any minutes. Thirteen. He played thirteen minutes. Thirteen minutes. Yeah. Um, he was effective in the time that he was in. He uh, st- stuffed a stat sheet, but we didn't need him, and we we need to learn how to play without him, and we need to act like he's a luxury. And yeah, I mean. I would prefer to see more minutes for, for Uganda Onyenso Kingsley more than Lance Ware, but I think they both played well. Um, I'm really encouraged with the, what I saw from Adu Thiero because I, we talked about it on, on our text, like that move that he made where he committed an offensive foul, but he put the ball in the deck with two hands. He tried to create mm-hmm. space. That's a move I do all the time in, in, in pickup basketball because I'm slow <laughs> and I'm strong and I'm old. And uh, he's not, he's, he's young and he's strong yeah. and he's athletic, but he was like, no, I'm going to be like, that's, this is me. This is my space. As a coach, I cannot get mad at an aggressive move no. like that. Yes. That is a floppy flop from the defender. And um, I'm impressed with a freshman doing that. A freshman Dude, being like, Hey, bring me the contact. I, uh, I want the contact. That's one of the reasons we're going to love Ed, uh, Justin Edwards next year. Because that guy is not afraid of that either. So, saw a lot of really great minutes from a lot of really great players, um, including Severe Wheeler, who we all owe a huge apology to. Like, I think, I think people think that we don't like Severe Severe stats. We don't think he we, he's a good passer. I think we're more worried about Severe between the ears more than anything. Yes. It's not about the fact that he's not talented. The dude is five foot eight on a good day. He's put up double-digit points in the SEC, even on a bad team. You got to be damn good at basketball to do that at some level. Like you got to be really talented to be a top 100 recruit at that at that size. We're just worried that he may not get in the right frame of mind. 
something might throw off his focus more than anything, where something might not throw Cason Wallace's focus off. But tonight, Severe showed his focus was not off, and Cason might have had a little bit of a, a, a kind of shattered focus compared to coming from Michigan State. So shout out to Severe for having that mental state, which is what the last thing I'll say about the game tonight. Wheeler was in control. Like he yeah, yeah. played the right yeah. pace, didn't get too fast. When he's like that, he's like one of the best point guards in the yeah. country. And that's all yeah. we need from him. We don't need never, him to score. Twitter that's, never doubting his talent. That's not what we're saying. We've we're not never doubting done his talent. that. We've yeah. always known he's one of the top point guards in the SEC, but he's got to be it consistently and don't get too sped up at some of these games where he's out of control. Don't let he it get in your head. Yeah, he, he like, made all the right decisions, yeah. which is really all that you can ask out of a point guard because your point guard is the person that's in charge of the game. He's in charge of distributing the basketball, getting the ball down the court, and figuring out what the hell's going on. And he did a fantastic job of that. Uh, 10 assists in 25 minutes. Like, dare I say, were he to play, like, you know, 32, 33 minutes, this would have been a 14 or 15 assist game. And I know that South Carolina State is not good. However, who among us would love to have a 13, 14, 15 assist game? Like, that's really, really fucking good. And I think this was good for his mental space. And, and Shay, you're right. Like, we talk about that from time to time. His mental space is something that um, has been in question before. But I, I don't think it should be right now. Like, he's a yep. Bob Cousy finalist. That comes with all the trappings and all the good things and the, the, the work that he did at Georgia, the work that he's doing now. Oh, my God. Like, um, we need to be able to appreciate that without the criticism yeah. that a lot of Big Blue Nation probably falls into because um, we're going to rise and fall with whatever his assist to turnover ratio is. I agree. I think that he is aware of his limitations at times and he's making like a concerted effort to control himself. Uh, in a, in a, a do Thiero, I just love that kid. Six points, four rebounds, tough as nails. He probably got at least a hundred yards rushing tonight. Cause he's so strong. <laughs> now I just can't believe we got this kid, you know, like welcome to yeah. Kentucky. Come here and hang out with us for a few years. And after all, I know. It's a blessing to have a guy like that that you can um that you can invest in and you can invest in his future and uh at the all at the same time he's having this this growth spurt and you, you know you see all these flashes and um and everything but but you don't really have to rely on at the same time. Um although his motor, his motor that he that he has in these games, I I wouldn't be surprised in certain situations that Cal's like, I've got to play this kid, I've, I've yeah. got to play this kid because he wants it, he wants it, and the the problem is where are those minutes coming from? Um, that I don't know, uh, but the, there will be one game this year that 
Cal's somebody's in foul trouble or some somebody's just having a horrible game and Cal's going to plug a Duciero in and he is going to have a great game and we're going to be very blessed to have him uh, and, and going in the next year the guy's going to have a role on this team uh, I don't know what it's going to be but he will have a role uh, but on this South Carolina State game I um i a guy that hasn't really been mentioned yet, I, I think you guys have covered all the bases so far. Uh, Kaysom Wallace shot five for seven from the field tonight. Kaysom Wallace shot five for seven from the field tonight. Um, he was two for four from three. Uh, if you're going to play severe in Kaysom at the same time, seeing him shoot two for four from the three-point line is very encouraging. It's it's very encouraging. Uh he played really well defensively again. He only had one steal, but that really doesn't reciprocate uh, the effort that he had on defense. Um, the guy's just a game changer. He's a he's a very good freshman. Uh, we're blessed to have him. He's the he's our best defensive player since Michael Kidd Gilchrist, and that's our our best perimeter defensive player since Michael Kidd Gilchrist because Anthony Davis was on that same team, but. Um, also I, I want to bring back Oscar, bring Oscar back up again, because he, he only played 14 minutes tonight. And I think that was on purpose. I think that Cal was like, you know, I want him to play a little bit, but not too much. I want him to get a little bit of rest. Uh, I, I want, I, I was very encouraged because these guys were able to find their identity in themselves without Oscar taking all these shots and even whenever he was on the floor he played he played 13 14 minutes like you guys said but he only put up six shots so the offensive identity wasn't through Oscar and that is even though he's the national player of the year that that's encouraging because we want our offense we want our offense to be a mixture of what it was the first two games of the season and Oscar doing what he does on the offensive rebounds, on the offensive boards and a little, and maybe half of what we had to rely on Oscar in that Michigan state game, because once Oscar went down in that Michigan state game, we, to be honest, as Kentucky fans, we all knew that we were probably and likely yeah. done because yeah. we, 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 nothing was going for us. Our shots weren't going. <laughs> Reeves and CJ weren't, they, they were passing on some shots and their shots weren't falling at the same time. So we went with what we were familiar with. And that was Oscar. And the, the kid, uh, I heard that he was only supposed to play 24 to 27 minutes a game, but he ended up playing 34, which tells me a lot about the guy. And he was in charge of how many minutes he played to begin with so um it it was very encouraging because these guys were able to get their juju back and they were able to get into their rhythm and um you know we we played a really fast pace and I love that you as you guys can also I, I don't know if this jumped out on the page to you guys but we took a whole this whole year even the Michigan State game, we have taken a whole lot of less 
like long range two pointer shots. Oh my god, that makes me pull out my hair when I see a long range two. Yeah. Not that we can't yeah. hit it, but oh my god, like all the metrics say you cannot do that. Yes. Yeah. And, and especially a contested one. You know, if you're wide open, okay. Yeah. Okay. But it hasn't happened a whole lot. I, I've seen a, um, a post on Twitter uh, from this guy. I wish I remembered who it was so that I can give him credit for this, but I don't. But we have taken a whole lot of less um, long range two pointers this year. And that's very encouraging. Um, especially with Coach Calipari as our coach, and was it Sean? Him, was it Sean Vinsel? Was it Sean Vinsel? No, no, it wasn't Sean. It wasn't Sean. I would have remembered him because yeah. I, I love that guy. But it, it was another. It was another guy. He he works for a sea of blue. I'm not for sure, but shout Sorry. out to that guy for bringing that stat up. I'll, I'll share it with you guys after this podcast. But um, it, it was a very encouraging stat and. Um, it, it didn't really jump out during the game, but I was like, okay, wow, Cal might actually be on to something. But just the Michigan State game, the, the shots weren't really falling. Um, but yeah, um, I, I'm really encouraged with the direction that we're going. Uh, this wasn't this was a nice tune-up game. A lot of people were questionable about this game, why this game was even scheduled between the Michigan State game and the Gonzaga game because of, you know, rest and, and practice and, and, and things of that nature. But I, I feel like this was a nice tune-up game for our guys to get their juju back before the Gonzaga game. I, I, and speaking of Gonzaga, Yes. This, yes. this 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 feels like a, a nice transition because yes. segue, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Gonzaga feels. I I wish we were we were able to be Texas and give them that that ass whipping before Texas <laughs> yeah. did. That, oh, that, that was, was an exceptional ass whipping in the that Moody was Center. A, yeah. To inaugurate the Moody Center was the first game in the Moody Center, but it was bad dude that place was rocking rocking chris, chris beard came out with a powerpoint presentation like a year ago and said this is the shit i want i want an arena i want students lining the arena i want it loud as hell i want them drunk as hell and that's what he got <laughs> that atmosphere was is awesome only they eleven thousand people in there eleven thousand, and it was like that's uh, so good. They were holding up their alcoholic beverages. I know. The I whole would student do. section it's, was just It's like me and Michael. And I was like, Ew, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I know, but it's rough. We can never have fun like that. I know I Ron Holland wanted to go there after that game. I was like, oh, I get it now. But, Shay, we knew this. Yes. He ain't going, yeah, to, I, ben, he's I, not going to Fayetteville, Arkansas, and then go to Austin. Listen, I've been to Austin, even without the Moody Center. I love Austin. Let me just say Austin's that. Austin's a great place. Props yeah. Austin. Yeah. If Go I hard. wasn't here, if I was not here, and to a lesser extent, Lexington during the their college basketball season, I would want to be in Austin. No, no. You, you would want to be in Denver. But outside of Denver and Lexington, then Austin. You want yeah. to summer and fall <laughs> in Colorado and, and winter and spring in Austin. Austin because Austin yeah. in the summer – 
sucks almost as bad as Phoenix. Oh uh, yeah, Austin's pretty pretty rough, but like, oh my god, oh, great town. Look, I, yes. can, can, can can we say that like uh, Melvin Hickman right now is like mid two point seven assists. 2.7 turnovers. No, don't say that because he's just going to go off on what you do uh, today. Where yeah, he, he like, ain't playing on Sunday. I, yeah, he may not. Come on. I, I mean, I, I think he's going to play, but I, I don't know how much he's going to be able to. Have you seen the message boards for Gonzaga? Yeah, yeah. they say they're, they're, they're not happy with him. Yeah. His ankle is apparently in bad shape. Yeah, he was in bad shape before he played because they're not happy with him. Oh, well, okay. Go ahead. Zag Nation is not happy. Drew Timmy versus Oscar. This is going to be the best one-on-one matchup that any college basketball fan can hope for for the entire season. I have no idea how it's going to turn out. What I feel like is um, Drew Timmy is probably going to go 20, but I... I think that the Kentucky defense, including Oscar, is going to, like, make him shoot his shots. And he's going to have a hard time getting 20. Probably has a lot of fouls. So he's going to have to hit three throws to get his 20. And, I look, I think we should all say what is on our mind as far as a prediction for this game. But the fact that Kentucky is playing on the road, no, it's not in the kennel, but it's still a road game. Let, let's be honest. It's a road game. It's a road game. You, yeah. You you play in Spokane against uh, Gonzaga. You're playing a road game. I still think that Kentucky is going to win this game. And I think Kentucky is going to win this game by three or four points. Uh, but that, that matchup, Timmy versus Oscar, is going to be one for the ages. I feel it. I agree. <laughs> I feel it. I agree. I, I'll go ahead and go. I won't be as long-winded as I were for the first two. Uh, segments of the show but um <laughs> but that game excites me so much um I do feel like we come out with the victory uh I think we win uh between five to seven points um I two you know uh five to seven points um I just don't feel like it's a great matchup for them. Yeah. It, it's it's not a great matchup for them. Yeah. Traditionally, Gonzaga is this team that has this um, phenomenal phenomenal backcourt, uh, whether it's um, Nimhard and Bolton or uh, Jalen Suggs and um, heck, what's the white guy that plays for the Washington Wizards now? What's his name? Uh, no, that's Rui Hashimura. That's not the white guy. Uh, no, 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 no. The year after that. The year after that. Um, oh shit. Anyways, uh, anyways, that that dude. He uh he, he was a really good three point shooter, but oh yeah, they don't have that kind of backcourt. They don't have a their backcourt is Nolan Hickman, who has struggled with the transition from a role playing point guard to a starting point guard. Um. And Razier Bolton, and neither one of those guys are athletic. Uh, Hickman is struggling with the, with the starting gig, and now he's hurt. He's got a hurt. He's got a bum ass ankle, and they they've also got Malachi Smith, one of the um, premier premier guards from the trans, transfer portal. But he's not really a guy that 
is known for his speed, like his transition point. So I say Kentucky, turn up the pace, control the pace. Don't play to the to the opponent's game plan. Play to your game plan. I mean, go, go, turn it up. Make this a track meet. These guys aren't athletic as us. Their most athletic guy, Hunter Solace, who is fucking trash. He's good defensively, but he's he he's trash offensively. Yeah, let's yep. be, let's let's be real. Let's be real. And, and I, I I just feel like it. It's not a really good matchup for them. Drew, Drew Timmy's going to get his. He's going to. He's going to get um, his. Oscar's yep, going to get yep, his. Timmy's yep, going to yeah. get his. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, they're all going to get theirs. You know, this is a yeah. Hunter South legacy game. And uh, I know the person that's probably going to be watching it most is our boy Phil. Because Phil got into it last season with uh, with Hunter South's sister. Yeah. He, yeah. He, I, I did too. Yeah. I did too. Oh, he did. She gets, she, she's pretty aggressive, right? She's quite yeah, aggressive. She's, yeah. She, she's a little mom. She's little, she's young ma. She's young ma. She uh, young ma. Yeah, yeah, the rapper. <laughs> but like she, she was trying to argue that Hunter South is a top five NBA pick, and Phil, who's a very rational guy, you know our guy, Phil Division, works for UK. I think you know really he knows ball. He was like, you know, she he's gonna be good. But he needs some time, man. I don't think you should put that on your brother like that. And she just took offense to it, and she was not happy. And guess what? Phil was right. Like it's not Hunter Salas' year. Big shout out to Joel Justice though, who thought uh, who thought Hunter Salas was the future of uh, Kentucky's backcourt. Thank Joel, God, Joel yeah. Justice. Oh um, my God. I will say though that like what, what you said, Mike Strother. I'm worried about. Strother. I, yeah, I really like him. I mean, he's good. I, I'm just I, actually, you know, I'm not. It's not so much I'm worried about Gonzaga. It's I'm worried that it's an away. It's a it's it's an away game, right? And I think I think Oscar and and, and Timmy are going to play each other to a stalemate. I'm worried about what everybody else is going to do, and if yeah, everybody right. else is going to do what they're going to do, I'm kind of worried that it is a, a true away game for us. It's easy to say like let's turn it into a track meet, which is what I want them to do, which is what we should have done with Michigan State. But if Cal for some reason will not do that, and it's like why not just press? If do not stop playing to the other team's style of play. Play our style of play because the game of basketball is about runs and it's it's about playing, making the other team play to your style of play. And when you do that, you win. That's it's it, it, it. Texas <laughs> yep. D'd them up so tight and stopped their little passing oh, game oh, and oh. they were done. The, the Texas defense came into that game, Ken Palm ranked number one in the country. They did not disappoint. Period. They had Brock Cunningham, who is a six foot six Austin native, fifty year senior on the bench, man, deep, averaging two points a game in Timmy with Timmy in hell, which makes absolutely zero sense. We've seen Timmy take it to everybody, and so I'm like, I don't know what to do. I just want them to play each other the stalemate. Our guards to play. I don't. I'm struggling to think we win this game just because. It's in like it's basically in Spokane, but we have a chance. We have a chance. We need to play angry. We need to play out of our minds. 
but it's a big statement win. And even if we lose this game, it's okay. The season's not over. Just be but, angry like Lance Ware. Just be angry. Hey, and Drew Timmy, by the way, Drew Timmy was next to Brock, that Brock Cunningham guy. Drew Timmy cannot be more than like six foot seven and a half. Drew Timmy is just super skilled. He's, he's so not skilled. huge. So no, I'm wondering not. if like, instead of Lance Ware, we play Kingsley. I don't know. I just feel like maybe, you know, it might slow him down a bunch. Yeah. It's not that they scare me. It's it's the, it's that their coaching scares me. It's that the location of the game scares me. I just think that we have to come out and we cannot play our B game. We have to come out and play our A game. If we come out and play our A game, we win. But how often does Kentucky come and play their A game? So so guys, um, I, I, I'm gonna bring up I'm gonna bring up Ken Palm again. So if you look at Ken Palm, Ken Palm Ken Pomeroy says Cats gonna lose this game. They're going to lose this game 79-77. This is the last game on the entire Kentucky schedule right now that Ken Palm says Kentucky's going to lose. Take that for what it's worth. Interesting. Uh, I want So, Gonzaga, uh, the obvious X factor – in this one that that most bring, that most people bring up is Julian Strother. His matchup's going to be J- Jacob Toppin. I think the the Michigan State matchup uh where he got a whole lot of unnecessary fouls, I don't think that happens again. I I really don't. Um I think that Jacob Toppin guards Julian uh Julian Strother really well. Okay. Um I I I personally do. I want to bring the X factor out to the wing. I want to highlight Antonio Reeves and CJ Frederick. Their defensive rotations are atrocious. They are absolutely atrocious. On one side, they got, well, on one side, they got Hunter Solis, who's a really good defensive player. I'll, I'll give him that. He's good defensively. On the other side, they have a Razier Bolton, who is, below average defensive player. One of those guys is going to go off. Mark my words as I'm telling you. CJ or Antonio are going to go off or even both and we're going to win these we're going to win this game because of them. It's going to be the opposite of the Michigan State matchup and they're going to be the reason that we win. Rather than the reason, I don't want to pin it on them rather than the coaching, but the reason that we lose. Dude, that's a great overview of this game. Huge Sunday night. We're all going to be like primed to watch that. Shay, let's go into some recruiting. Talk about DJ Wagner. Yep, real quick. I know we have been talking for a while, but DJ Wagner finally, 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 finally committed to Kentucky on Monday. Signed his national letter of intent probably earlier than he committed. Um, from what it looks like, this recruitment was never in doubt. Um, there was some brief flirtation with Louisville, but it was callous to lose from the beginning. Um, there's not much we can talk about it because we've talked about it to death, but uh, definitely DJ Wagner is a player that I look for to be have that Tyrese Maxey level of impact when he comes to Kentucky. And most of all, it's just that great that DJ has that pro mindset. Like he was not interested in 
making this huge commitment. He was not interested in making it a, a spectacle. He committed. He signed. And he's like, all right, I'm ready to go. That's it. Once he signed with Nocta earlier in the year when he signed with Nike, it was kind of a wrap. So um, considering we're up on time, that's that's really all I want to say about DJ. And then, you know, before we kind of end up the show, I want to give a big shout out to our guy, Isaac Humphreys, from, uh, who's playing in Australia. Like, Isaac, if you guys don't know, posted a video earlier this year. Who He basically, uh, it, I rec- highly recommend you guys go watch it. Um, whether you whether you agree about it or don't disagree about it, it was really about a guy who talked to his teammates about what he's been struggling about mentally and talked to him about, um, you know, living the true version of yourself, just really being honest with the people around you about your experience. If you don't know, he came out as gay and it was just a very touching moment because he talked about how much it affected him, how much it talked affected him as a professional basketball player and how much he wanted it to not affect him moving forward and people to accept him how he was. And I just got to give a big shout out to him for being just so proud for being the person that he is, you know, um, being, being an example for other people that you can live your truth. And it doesn't matter what other people think, as long as you're not affecting anybody else, you are being the best version of yourself and living honestly. So big shout out to Isaac Humphreys. We love you. We support you. And that's all I got to say about that. Amen. Be true Amen. to yourself. Isaac Humphreys, we absolutely love you. Guys, awesome show. Michael Beard, thank you for coming on tonight. We appreciate yeah. having you on our show. And where can people find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on, so, uh, on Twitter at allmikeup underscore. Um, I, I, I tw- tweet about Kentucky basketball basically nonstop. And uh, I, I kind of want to throw this out there. I, I started back up my bracketology. Uh, I did it back in uh, 2019, the year of uh, Tyler Hero and PJ Washington and all those guys. I came in 15th out of 100, 137 bracketologists in accuracy uh, nice. in placement of, of, upon, you know, uh, where where guys where team teams were seated and things like that. So um, I'm gonna be booting that back up. I have my preseason um, bracketology uh, place, but I haven't put it out in public, uh, just basically for myself. But um, I will be getting that stuff out. You can find it on my Twitter page for the moment, and uh, follow me and. Uh, you won't be disappointed, and uh, I, I just I just love Twitter inter- interaction, and me too. Um, I love I love meeting people, uh, Terry. I love meeting you. I, actually, I love meeting you and Michael. I haven't got to really meet you much yet, but that is he's trouble. Gonna change. He's that trouble. is gonna change because I, I feel like I've blended with you just within this podcast. Like that's right, sir. You, that's right. <laughs> yes, sir. We we've got the same juju. Um, I love you guys. Thank you for having me on, and uh, go cat. And you're coming back on. Don't. Yep. Yeah. No, no worries. About we're hoping that. to have lo- lots more episodes, so we're gonna have you know our original guests back on. You know, people that are uh, people that have good takes, <laughs> especially bracket bracketology stuff is really yep. kind of important. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a long so, season. Yeah. It is. So you can find me on Twitter at Arizona T Y J O Shane Michael. Please share where they can find you. 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at a Bobsar. That's A B H A V S A R. I go by Shay. I go by Akshay. I don't know. It looks like from t- what tweets are going on that I don't know how much Twitter is going to be around. But uh, if we, there's a new social media thing to, to send you guys, uh, I hope Twitter. I hope Twitter's around because God knows how many group chats we have going on. Please, I will pay money. I don't. I don't, I don't care. I won't. I won't. I'll pay my eight dollars. <laughs> I will pay my eight dollars. Please keep my group chats alive. <laughs> I, I am serious about that, Michael Simmons. Do you agree with that? I agree with that. I will pay my eight dollars. It don't fucking matter. Yeah. You can find me. You can find me on Twitter at mg simmons fifty two eighty. That's at m g s i m m o n s five two eight zero. Go Nuggets. Go Avalanche. Elon Musk, please listen to us. Don't, don't fuck this up anymore. We need this. All right? As always, we appreciate your support. And until next episode, keep sipping bourbon and go cats.